From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. You know, if you really love somebody, you would do anything for them, right? Even if it meant walking up and down the aisles of a department store looking like a deranged serial killer. And it's it's only because I don't sleep much and I have pale skin. Hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. It is me, I am Mike. This is the podcast known as Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading, thanks for hanging out. As I chatting it up for the next 30 minutes or so, hopefully you had a pretty decent Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, to me... You know, and I've had this conversation with people before. I mean, yeah, I get the um, the blowback about it being kind of a, a hallmark holiday and all of that. Um, and there are some people that uh, haven't found true love, right? And so they celebrate what's called Bitterness Day, which just, it sounds like you really want to be miserable. You don't want to move on from anything. You just want to be miserable. So why even do Bitterness Day? It's either Valentine's Day or just another day, right? Uh, same token, same time, you know, Valentine's Day, you should let somebody know you love them. You shouldn't break the bank. So I'm okay with just doing the card, candy, flowers type of thing. Whereas some people go out and buy diamond rings and spend all all the, all this money on fancy dinner and all that. I mean, if, if you love your spouse, I mean, you know, birthday, anniversary, Christmas, you got three big days there already. Valentine's Day's to me, it, it should be more of a refresher type of thing, right? And again, you don't break the bank. Um, so this year for Valentine's Day, uh, my wife's a very practical woman, right? And I, you know, I want I wanted to let her know that I care and I love her and all that. Um, she's uh, she's into making beef jerky. Yeah, I, I don't know if she's uh, becoming a prepper or a survivalist or something. I don't think it's quite like that. I, I think it's just because she's tired of paying high prices for jerky at the at uh, the grocery store. More on that here in just a few moments. Uh, but so she's you know experimenting with play, uh, you know making her own jerky and all that, and so she needs a new meat cleaver. And uh, Walmart sold one at a reasonable t- uh, price under ten bucks. So I went to Walmart days before Valentine's Day, got that. And I was like, well, I need I need a gift bag, I need a card and all this. So here I am, walking up and down the Valentine's Day aisles, holding this meat cleaver. And I'm sure that probably weirded some people out, but I didn't take the cleaver out of the thing. But uh, needless to say, she got what she wanted. Happy Valentine's Day to her. And uh, we're all better people for it. All right, so um, on the Mike Davidson Facebook page a few days ago, I uh, posted this um and and I and I apologize. I'm behind on a lot of stuff. I meant to, I probably won't post another poll until uh, just about the next podcast. But the previous one uh, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for the next induction class, uh, two of the nominees, two of the people that could be in there, Cher or Mariah Carey in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I asked, okay, who are you voting for? And uh, almost. Um, Almost two to one. Uh, Cher beats Mariah Carey. Looking at the votes. Of course, there are some people like, I wouldn't put either one in. And, you know, if this was like a hard rock thing, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, but, you know, seeing how Madonna got in with her fake British accent, I, I really don't think it does as much good anymore complaining about who deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or not. 
based on genre. Um, but yeah, Cher won that one. I don't know. I I don't know who I would vote for, to be honest. I, st I post the damn thing and I still don't know who the hell I would vote for. Um, I mean, on the one hand, Mariah Carey's a big freaking diva. But on the other hand, Cher is a big freaking diva. I don't know. I would have to think about this a little more. All I want to say is, if I went with Cher instead of Mariah Carey, the uh, the Christmas song would not be a deal break breaker, as um, that's probably one of the more that's probably the least annoying thing about Mariah Carey, in my opinion. Oh, uh, if, uh, seriously though, uh, keep Brian Wilson in your thoughts and prayers. Eighty-one uh, year old songwriter for the Beach Boys, the founder of the Beach Boys. Um, his family is asking to the uh, for conservatism, uh, conserv conservatorship. Thank you. Um, unfortunately, his wife passed on back in January, and uh, he is showing signs of cognitive decline, which means he's either got dementia or Alzheimer's. And uh, like I said, this guy back in the '60s, a lot of the stuff he was doing for that band, and for pop music, and for rock music, for that matter very influential i mean bands such as weezer bad religion the ramones even found influence from his writing and it, it just just great stuff um by the way you can't you can't pin kokomo on him that was uh that was done without him being in the band it's a funny thing because i like the beach boys and i lived in kokomo for about uh, kokomo indiana for about 10 years and uh, some great memories living in Kokomo. Uh, but the song Kokomo by the Beach Boys, I, I just cannot stand. But in all seriousness, uh, again, thoughts and prayers for the the truly great Brian Wilson. All right. Super Bowl ratings are in, and they're huge. I uh, wonder why. Uh, yeah, Chiefs beat the 49ers. Uh, we all know about Travis Kelsey and... Uh, his his girlfriend. She's got a career apparently, um, but you know it's it's one of those things where the NFL can do no wrong, and it makes you wonder if they will in fact one day do wrong. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, with all the problems the NFL has had with uh, Roger Goodell as commissioner, and it still succeeds. I mean. Is he really that great of a commissioner, or is it just because we as Americans love football? I mean, you could probably put a brain jackass in the commissionership, and, and people would still watch football. But, you know, they announced that they're going to be playing some football games in Brazil coming up, and they're trying to expand that uh, the national brand as a global brand. And I've mentioned before, you know, and if the, the concept of football is a uniquely American thing, and you're trying to push it as a as a uh, as an entertainment brand globally, where you know these countries don't have Pop Warner or high school or college football. We have that here. Canada has that. Elsewhere, not so much. It's uh, one day you you wonder what will be what makes the NFL just about as effective as the NBA, which is pretty laughable in terms of ratings. All right, so Marvel, Disney, not too terrible all week. Well, kind of, sort of. Um, they announced the Fantastic Forecast 
Uh, and by the way, it's going to be Marvel Studios' The Fantastic Four to kind of differentiate itself from uh, previous incarnations of that franchise. Um, but they announced the cast, and uh, Pedro Pascal will be Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby, she's going to be the Invisible Woman, uh, Susan Storm. Eben Moss, uh, Bachrock, he will be uh, the thing. And Joseph Quinn, I think this is inspired casting. He was Eddie, uh, Eddie on Stranger Things. Uh, he will be the Human Torch, Johnny Storm, the hothead of the team. And uh, yeah, it's not a bad cast. And they, uh, the how they did it was on Valentine's Day with the uh, retro poster. So they're pretty much saying that uh, the movie will be based in the 60s. Very retro. And I found it kind of weird because I just got done reading a trade, which was the uh, which was a collection of the first ten issues of the Fantastic Four with um, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and uh, those guys would go on to pretty much launch the modern Marvel comic book universe. But uh, you know, just I think that's that's pretty good casting. I don't know what the movie's going to be like because it's Disney, and they'd rather hit um, they would rather hit. Uh, demos then actually put out a pretty good script as of late so we'll see i do like the cast i think it's a pretty well thought of cast and uh, also uh deadpool and wolverine when the the trailer hit the internet during uh super bowl sunday uh as of right now it has broken the uh internet in terms of uh youtube numbers streaming numbers uh surpassing super uh spider-man no way home so that's looking promising. People are interested in seeing that. You know, a Deadpool Wolverine team up in the MCU. Could this be a turning of fortunes for the comic book movie? Maybe. Or maybe not. Um, this week, Madam Web, which I'm sure you went and bought your uh, your tickets online for, right? Uh, it it's, it's kind of a weird thing because uh, Disney pretty much has most of the Marvel franchise under its wraps. But the Spider-Man filming rights still belong to Sony. And basically whenever Spider-Man appears in an, uh, a Disney Marvel Studios movie, it's being lent out by Sony. Your own character is being lent out by another studio. But, you know, because they get to do... Because Disney has access to Spider-Man for their movies, uh, basically Sony can do whatever it wants with uh, uh, the, the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel comic book universe. And so they think, well, people want to go see a Morbius movie or a Craven the Hunter movie, which uh, comes out later in 2024, or Madam Web with uh, Dakota um, Dakota Johnson. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because uh, it's just not doing all that well. Uh, Fantastic! On Valentine's Day, it basically got beat by the Bob Marley biopic, and the reviews have been horrible for um, Madam Web. In fact, I think a fourteen percent freshness rating on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes—that's not good at all. I think you need a sixty percent rating to be fresh. Fourteen percent, far from fresh, and. Um, I want to advise you right now if you are if you have not seen Madam Web and you desperately want to see Madam Web, you probably want to uh, stop the podcast now because I'm going to give you plot points from the actual movie. And you, it's it's almost like AI, AI chatbot technology collaborated with a two year old 
on the script here. Okay. So if you want to watch, if you want to watch the movie, you, you stop right now, right now. Okay. So these are actual plot points in the Madam Web movie. Uh, she was born in a cave in Peru with the help of magic spider people. What the hell? Uh, the three spider women never get powers in the movie and are only seen in costume during dream sequences. So that's kind of a rip, I guess. Uh, the villain, the evil Spider-Man, killed by a large Pepsi sign. Madam Web becomes wanted for kidnapping by the New York Police Department. Madam Web runs down evil Spider-Man in her car twice. Peter Parker is born but not named. And Madam Web inexplicably splits into three ghost-like copies of herself near the end of the movie. Yeah. It, it's it, when you see the the Fantastic Four Wolverine Deadpool stuff, you're thinking, well, maybe just maybe this this genre of film isn't quite dead yet. But then you look at the Madam Web thing out in, in theaters, and it's almost like the late '90s with uh, Tank Girl, Barbed Wire, Steel Shaquille O'Neal, Batman and Robin, where it just becomes so campy, it's stupid. And that is why the comic book movie is struggling because people think, well, okay, either A, we can keep rebooting Batman until the cows come home, or B, every character that's ever been a comic book character should get their own movie. And that's just not so. There's just not enough interest for that to happen. Um, by the way, there was a lot of interest this past Monday. Well, some interest. Uh, because uh, The Daily Show on Comedy Central somehow is still alive. And Jon Stewart came back. And he's he's only doing Mondays. He's not hosting throughout the week. Uh, they're still going with a rotation of artists. Uh, artists. Um, rotation of hosts throughout the week. But Jon Stewart will host Mondays because we're going into the 2024 election cycle. And uh, it's gotten its highest ratings in six years. Which you would think, okay, that's pretty good. It's less than 1 million viewers. I think at one point he had about 2 million viewers. Less than 1 million tuned in. Uh, Greg Gutfeld over at Fox News is still beating The Daily Show fairly well. But here's what's uh, here's, here's what's interesting. Because Jon Stewart, I mean, he's a lefty. But he's not afraid to speak his own mind on things. And I guess he spent 20 minutes during The Daily Show ranting about uh, how we have two presidential candidates. Uh, one's over 80 and one's just about to turn 80. And I'll, and I'll be honest, as a voter, when I see this, it's, it's not exactly fresh blood we're looking at. One tweet I saw a couple weeks ago, just to highlight this, uh, talked about how Bill Clinton's presidency ended 23 years ago, and yet Bill Clinton is younger than both Biden and Trump. Not by much. And you can make the argument that Clinton looks a hell of a lot older than Biden or Trump, especially in late in late his latest photos. But it's, it's the truth. So Stewart, for 20 minutes, is talking about this, right? But these lefties that once idolized um, John Stewart have pretty much kind of turned on him in terms of critique. Um, Mary Trump, who is the niece of 
Donald Trump basically said, not only is Stewart's both sides are the same rhetoric, not funny, it's potentially disaster for democracy. So, John Stewart speaking his piece, uh, exercising his First Amendment right is a danger to democracy, apparently. Uh, this podcaster, um, Michael J. Elston, if you're a Democrat with high hopes about the return of John Stewart, save your excitement. The first half of his return was both sidesing this age issue. I bailed when we got to the guest who believes Biden should not have to run for a second term. John Stewart is not your friend. This is a lefty talking about another lefty. Uh, Christy Jackson, an elected commissioner in Tennessee. So basically because Biden is old, he's bad as he's as bad as Trump. Who the F do why the F do we never learn from in this country? Sorry, but I won't be watching you either. Uh, another Democrat activist, John Stewart, retired and came back as Bill Maher. Is that so bad? I mean, God, they hate Bill Maher now. Oh, oh, this is rich. Keith Olbermann. Well, after nine years away, there's nothing else to say to the both sides fraud, George, John Stewart bashing Biden, except please make it another nine years. So, Keith Bathtub Boy Olbermann, who uh, has jumped more networks, uh, than uh, Jennifer Lopez's husband's is bashing John Stewart. <laughs> it's weird. John Stewart's become too conservative for the Daily Show, but he's gotten better ratings than any of the hosts that have hosted the Daily Show. And everybody who loves jo uh, Trevor Noah, I mean, his average was like three hundred fifty thousand a night. Like the Daily Show hemorrhaged viewers. And now that Jon Stewart is back and has brought some of them back to the fold, those who stuck around, you know, the weirdos, they they hate him. And and Keith Olbermann calling him a fraud, that is that is insane to me. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big Daily Show Jon Stewart fan myself, but the, for the love of God, how how sensitive do you have to be? where you need somebody to pander to you. MSNBC does this with liberals. Fox News does this with conservatives. The Daily Show is supposed to be snarky. I mean, it's it's slanted, don't get me wrong, but it's supposed to be snarky. It's supposed to be a little bit bite the hand that feeds. It's not supposed to be clap seal seals in an audience. It's, it's supposed to be like this. And these idiots on Twitter X... They, they're beside themselves that John Stewart's being a smartass to them. Oh, um, hey, so I asked my wife this the other day, you know, when's our tax return coming back? And, uh, you know, she says we got to get a few more documents. Um, but uh, we're probably going to file later than most. And we did this last year, so it's not, it's not too big a deal. However, if you are expecting money back from the government, brace yourself because uh, especially in these uh, days of inflation nearly a third less than what you got last year according to the IRS that, that's as, as of right now the average refund issued uh, as of February 2nd totaled $1,395 a massive uh, $568 decline 29% from this time last year according to statistics now Keep in mind, 
that uh, filing season started a little later this year than last, so that could be a factor. And, uh, you know, they, they talk about the stock market. So if you have to report any investments uh, with the stock market being a little better, yeah, the, the, IR, the IRS is going to take a little more away from you. But that's not really good news if you're expecting this thing to help you with things, say, like groceries or utilities or, you know, basic basic living expenses. And, you know, they, they do say that the percentage will go up with more and more filings. But then again, how much spending power do you have with your tax return or any money for that matter? Um in these times of inflation by the way also kind of keeping with that uh there there's this is linked up on the mike davidson facebook page um if you and your uh, if you and a love a loved one are splitting you and your significant other um you may have a hard time really splitting because i guess there's an increase of exes still living together due to the housing crisis housing is still insanely high rent is going up mortgages are going up so if someone is planning to break apart or divorce then it just it's you're tiptoeing around each other in whatever living space you're in in fact there's one scenario that talks about how uh, an estranged wife and husband like the wife has the kids sleeping with her in the room he's sleeping out on the couch yeah, that's got to be awkward. So, it makes you wonder, like, if you are estranged or you are divorced or separated and you start seeing someone else, do you stay at that someone else's place just to make things less awkward or you tell the other one to hit the trail for the night? Or or, or how does that work? Or, or if maybe they're in the same situation you're in. <laughs> hey, it goes to show you that nobody wants to, like, you know, sack it up and live in a, a dingy motel for a, uh, a weekly rate next to uh, hookers and drug dealers. Um, There's just not a lot of bravery out there. Not, not that I can blame you. Okay, so this is an example of uh, media being wrong and hilariously wrong, especially here in February, Black History Month. Uh, out in Wichita, Kansas, uh, Little League Park, uh, Jackie Robinson, one of the greatest baseball players to ever live, uh, who broke through the color barrier, made uh, integration in baseball possible, first ever Rookie of the Year, an MVP, six-time All-Star, and a World Series champion, and, of course, a Hall of Famer. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, you, that would be a pretty cool guy to have as a statue at your little league park out in Wichita, Kansas, uh, it was cut down. And a lot of people started thinking, okay, this is a hate crime. February, one of the most significant black athletes ever, right? And, you know, a lot of people were starting to think that that was kind of uh, being tossed around with some sports media pundits. Well, it turns out that the person that cut it down uh, has a prior record. They found him, and there might be a couple other people involved. And he cut down this copper statue for scrap metal. Monetary value. Mo mon monetarily driven is what they were using. 
which is basically saying that this dude has a meth addiction. So, yeah, he's going back to prison. And it sucks that the statue got cut, cut down, and I hope they do replace it. But, I mean, it, this is the danger in assuming things whenever something happens. You know, yeah, it looks like it looks bad because it's a black athlete and it's, you know, Black History Month. But on the other hand, I mean, what, what town doesn't have its uh, problems with drug-addled drifters? That is what happened here. Now, I have been very hard on airlines uh, because it just seems like the quality of flying has dwindled drastically over the years. It used to be a romanticized thing if you could afford to fly. Um, I didn't fly for the first time until, shit, I was uh, 23, college. I think it was the first time I was ever in a plane. Flew from Dayton to Atlanta. And to, to land at Atlanta, that, that airport, first time ever flying, was uh, head spinning. Because that's one of the busiest airports in the country. Um, but, it's, but it's just been bad. I mean, you had that thing with the Alaskan Airlines earlier this year where uh, part of the plane flew off. Well... Delta Airlines, uh, this woman, she was flying from Amsterdam to Detroit. I don't know if she's uh, from Amsterdam or if she was returning home. Um, she had she she had maggots fall on her. On her from the overhead compartment in this Delta Airlines. This is a well-known airline. Uh, maggots falling on top of her because a passenger brought rotten fish and put it in the overhead and a lot of the uh, the passengers were put off as was this woman who had maggots fall on her and the airline decided to make it good by offering her uh, flyer miles and a food coupon and all that stuff well first of all I would make everybody on the plane who had to put endure endure that you know their flight is free the woman's return flight, if she is from Amsterdam, should be free. Um, any of her clothing damaged by maggots or soiled by maggots or dead fish parts uh, should be taken care of. And she should be giving a, a shitload of money. I'm not saying millionaire money. I'm th I'm thinking, you know, anywhere from like a thousand to ten thousand dollars, just a chunk of cash, because why? How do you make good on a shitty flight by offering her a chance to be in the air longer with you? That's not making it good. That's just extending the prison sentence as far as I'm concerned. That's not making it good. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> that's how I would do it. And, and that's the other thing, too, with uh, with these airline bailouts. Oh, we are running out of money. We're running out of money. Well, I mean, you have no shortage of airline miles, and you offer that to people that you've wronged. You you could subsist on, on that, right? Sustain yourselves on airline miles. No, give this, pay this woman, because uh, that's just disgusting. And whoever brought the dead fish maggot combo should not be allowed to fly on any airline ever again. Ever again. I'm not even kidding. 
All right, a couple more things. Uh, PETA hates fiberglass. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, they recently uh, put out something about how it's wrong to have fiberglass animals on a carousel because you're making it okay to ride animals. Well, no, would they have the same... They have the same mentality if somebody was eating fiberglass animals. I mean, never mind that fiberglass would be deadly to anybody that ate it, but they would probably be more appalled by the fact that the fiberglass looked like an animal. They they are not serious adults. I don't know why people still pay attention to them. I don't know why I'm paying attention to them. Uh, a couple of guys from Colorado... Uh, they are going to be top-tier athletes for uh, Winthrop University out in uh, South Carolina. They just got Division One scholarships for being top-tier cornhole players in the country. Yes, bags and boards. I didn't even know that colleges had cornhole teams. I met these guys before being offered the scholarship. Had no idea that these existed. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, great, you know, you have NILs and transfer portals now ruining my favorite backyard drinking game. And finally, uh, after being away from social media for damn near 14 years, for Valentine's Day, Barney came out. Well, he didn't come out. Uh, he went back on his social media and s said, you know, he was thinking of everybody on Love Day, Valentine's Day. And, you know, you are seen, you are heard, you are loved. He just put a big freaking target on his back. And he better be careful that Larry David doesn't show up and kick his ass. I would watch that, by the way, if it happened. But then all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.